0: Hi, this is Pastor Rick. I'm glad you're with me today. Today, we have a special message for you. For those of you that watch us on demand, we just think it's wonderful that you get to choose when and what you watch. So today's message is about clarity. Have you ever wondered what it's like to be clear, to know exactly what to do and where to go? I want to show you in the word of God, how to be clear, how to be practically clear in your life. And there's some simple things. It's a wonderful parable that we've been talking about from Matthew chapter 13. And this one really good. So stay right here. Enjoy the word. I'll be back to share another word with you and a prayer at the end. So stay there. Enjoy Well, I'm glad you're back with me today. I want to share a word with you today about something that has been really burning in my heart because it's the big priority of mine. It's called clarity. If people are clear, they do better. When people understand their roles, responsibilities, if you have a job and you have a clear job description, you do better. In Matthew chapter 13, we've been studying people who were not clear. Jesus uses this analogy of a farmer who plants seed. And when he plants the seed, some of the seed he says falls on the wayside. Some of the seed, people, they... they, hear it but they don't quite get it he said they don't understand what they've heard and it's easily snatched from them then he talks about people who hear the word but somehow it falls into a place where it doesn't develop any roots and they have no depth and those are people who just never ever get anywhere they're strong they're excited on the beginning in the beginning but at the end of the day they lose faith they they one trial one difficulty and they're gone third person he talks about is the kind of person who hears the word and all of a sudden they choke the the priorities of life literally squeeze out their priorities. They forget quickly what goes first. And we talked about that last time. The cares of this life, job, career, becomes more important than family, more important than your health, and you lose sight of priorities. Today we talk about the fourth guy. This is a person now who is clear. They're not confused. Listen to what Jesus says about them in Matthew chapter 13 verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty and some thirty. Okay, so here's a guy who gets it. Here's a girl who gets it. Here's a person who gets it. And this person is so clear that they begin to be fruitful. Now, they're fruitful at different levels. Everybody doesn't have the same income, level, ability, skill, but at their level, 60 fold, they're a full 60 folder, 30, 100, whatever ability they have, they do well because they're clear. That's important here. Jesus made a point to make sure his disciples were clear. He taught about vines and branches, and he made sure it was easy to get. Now, sometimes we make it hard for people, And in in my profession I I think we do it because it makes us feel good like okay let me really confuse you I'm going to use some big words that you will not understand what I'm saying I want you to know I've been educated and I've got a degree or two and I want you to know it so I'm going to use the word harmatologically speaking there is some power in the soteriological implications in the text of the scripture and when you get down into the bible and look at higher criticism, you will be clear that there is an eschatological implication for those who are trying to serve God. Can you say amen? And some of you say, I don't know what you said. Now, some of you smart people know exactly what I was saying. I was playing around with words. But, but you know, and I'm saying if you don't know, you're not smart, by the way. Let me clarify that. I don't mean that. What I'm trying to say, some of you know what that all meant. A bunch of nothing. I just was talking in circles with big words sprinkled in. And sometimes if you're not careful, you're trying to be impressive. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the things I think is really amazing about this time, you're forced to preach and teach without an audience yelling at you and talking back. And you got to just believe what you're saying. I have to just jump in the Bible myself and say, let's just swim. And I just know you're with me. I know you feel me. But I, I I don't have to have that instant response. There's something about this moment. When you're clear about what you're saying, it's just true. And so Jesus gives some clear insights in the Bible, in this text. And I want to read to you. Matthew chapter 10, I want to show you some of the clear insights he gave them. Now, this is an example of what clarity does. And Jesus was a big proponent of it. Big proponent of making sure that everybody who heard him was clear. Now, again, let me just say this. In In my life, I have to make sure that I'm not trying to be impressive. Then I'm just trying to be helpful. So I'm going to whip through seven things. Hang with me. Seven things real fast. And Matthew chapter 10. And I want to show you what um, was told to the disciples. The clear instructions he gave them when he sent them out. So they would know what to do and what not to do. Jesus was big about job description. I don't think we always are. I think sometimes we get lost. And I want to just show you a few things. I want you to watch this. Number one. This is the first thing that Jesus wanted to be clear about, Matthew chapter 10. First of all, he wanted them to understand that they need to go help the hurting. That's the first thing, go help the hurting. This is what he said. Chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave them power and un- over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. First thing I want you to do is I want you to go help the hurting. The people who are sick, the people who are down, the people who are out. He didn't say, I want you to get them to go to church. He didn't say, I want you to get them to go to synagogue. He didn't say any of that. He didn't say, I want you to get them to read the scriptures. I'm not saying that's not important, but he said, your first assignment is to help hurting people. That's the main, main job. Number two, you ready? Watch this. Second thing he said, I want you to go after people who you have easy access to. Then I want you to expand later, but I want you to start with people that you can easily reach. Now, listen to what he says. This is surprising. And this can really, 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 really throw you off. Look at verse 5. Then these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not, this is verse 5, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, and do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, for you, that, that, some of you just can't hardly believe that. He said, Do not go to any Gentiles. Don't don't cross the ethnic line yet. Just wait. Don't go to the Samaritans. And Samaritans were really hated by the Jews. Because you know, they were like half breeds. They were Jews who became who married intermarried, you know, they crossed the, the line, they married somebody from another race. And so, oh boy, don't don't talk to them either. Now, if you stop right there and just edit what Jesus said, you can get kind of mad. Say, well, now, I don't know why Jesus would say that. I think you need to go and talk to everybody. Well, he said, you guys aren't ready for that. That's the first thing. Peter, especially, was not ready yet. It was going to be years. As a matter of fact, like many years before Peter was ready to go and talk to Gentiles. He would have lost his audience. Now, let me just say something. They'll be nervous. Hang with me. The truth is the truth. Sometimes you have people that are around you that look like you. You can reach them first. That's where you practice. You practice with people that you know. Now, some of you, you're in an interracial environment like I was. Okay, at least at one point in my life. But there are seasons when you don't have that access. And so I understand you want to get there. And he does tell them later, you know, go ye therefore into all the world, Matthew 28, 19. Go to all the world. Touch every ethnic group. He gets them there, but he has to get them there. You got to give people a chance to make the journey. You have to give people an opportunity. Now, can I just be really honest with you? There are some people who can't reach but one kind of person right now. That's all they know. They, 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 They can't i have friends tell me i oh a temple i can't i can't go i can't come to a predominantly black church man I, I don't know what to do in there man i i can't even i can't sing those songs i i'm all i just, i can't do it i i just can't do it and and they were good people but they couldn't do it they couldn't they said it they had they said give me time give me some time i need to practice i like that jesus starts where they were he knew his team he knew his team well, don't you believe in cross-cultural ministry? Yes, I do. I'm a big cross-cultural person. I have tons of friends from all over the world. White, black, Asians, tall, short, heavyweight, big, skinny. I got a bunch of friends. But the issue is you got to start with who you have access to. So he said, okay, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to get you to reaching the world. But let's start with your cousins and nephews and the people in your house and the people in your neighborhood. Let's start with them. And then we're going to take you to a bigger place. The problem is when you try to step over that. The problem is when you try to do what you're not good at. Some of you are not good crossing the line yet. You can't hardly talk to a woman because you, oh, be drooling. You can't hardly talk to a man. You can't talk to a person who's black or white or Asian. You can't. You mock people. You mock people. You can't talk to anybody that talks a different language. You think it's hilarious. You speak English. Everybody doesn't speak English. That just shows what you don't know. Lord help you. But that's how some people think. You are an R.G. Bunker. If you look that up, that's a guy back in the day, TV show, really off. He was really extreme. You don't even know how extreme you are until you interact with people who help you see it. So I want to just make that point. I got to move on. I want you to see Jesus started where they were. So let's just take a deep breath. View white. Let's just be white. You, that's what Jesus made you to be. If I'm black, be black. If you uh, got a lot of money, you're wealthy, be wealthy. If you're poor, be poor. Whatever you are, start where you are with the people you can reach. Do what you can where you are, and let's grow up from there. Let's grow from there. But let's grow from there. We can't stay there. The problem is we've stayed there too long, and we've not been willing to grow to the next level. I'm done with that. Hope you got the message. Let me get to the next point I want to make. Number three, you ready? Go help the hurting, number one. Number two, go after people who you have easy access to. Number three, you ready? Go and help the willing. Now, verse, chapter 10, verse 11 says this. And whatever city or town you enter, inquire who is in, who in it is worthy. And stay there until you get out. And when you go into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words when you depart from your house, shake off dust from your feet. I'm going to stop right there. Whoo, boy, I like that part. Shake the dust off. You can't reach everybody, reach those who are willing. You can't, you can't force everybody. I think that point's clear. Number four, you ready? I got to move on. <laughs> I like that point, though. I'll do Because some of you spend too much time trying to reach people who don't want to be reached. That's the last thing I do. I don't want to be preached to people who don't want to be preached to. I don't bother people. They don't want to be bothered. When they meet me, I say, hey, how you doing? What do you do? I say, well, you know, I'm a preacher. Sometimes. Sometimes it makes them act really different. But a lot of times I just say, my name is Ricky. I just, I'm just down home, try to be down home grits. I try to reach people that want to be reached. And if they don't want to be reached, we talk about something else. It's all good. Because my job is not to make people see the Bible says the Holy Spirit convicts of sin, John sixteen eight. My job is not to force anybody. The Holy Spirit convicts people. I'm not supposed to be the convictor. That's why sometimes you can't even hang with your family without preaching to them all the time. They get tired of seeing you come. Every time you come, you got a sermon. You can't hardly say hi. You know, they are p- pass me the bread. You say, uh, that reminds me of the Bible. The Bible said Jesus is the bread of life. I just ask you for some bread. I didn't ask you for a sermon on Jesus and the bread of life. See, you can't even talk to people normally. They really think something's wrong with you. They think you're strange. They, they're not saying it. They may say it. Some may say it. And if you're in the room with them, don't, don't look forward. Some of you husbands, you're so tired of your wife. You're so tired of her preaching to you. She used to be this gorgeous woman. Used to walk up to you and say, hey, baby. <laughs> How you doing? You know, she used to kiss on you, hug you. Now she's just preaching. You got to brighten Bible verses across, across the mirror in the bathroom. Girl, you need to stop all that. Brother, man, you need to stop preaching to everybody. Can you just be a good, nice person? And uh, I need to move on. Okay, you got that good. I hope it helped you. All right, number here we go. All right, so go help the willing. And you say, if they don't want to help, just just let, just let it go and, and, and just, just stop worrying about that and move on. Okay, and, and let, let God help them because you can't. If they won't respond, forcing, forcing doesn't make it happen. I, I need to take a quick turn here because I can see some of you thinking, okay? Right? Because some of you got kids in your life, so should you let your kids just do anything if they don't want to? I didn't say that. I didn't say you should let everything in your house happen any kind of way. I'm simply saying that you, as a person, should understand that that the willing is who you can reach. You have you have to take the, stop pushing it. You have to say, okay, let me let me live in front of them. Let me. Um, there's some things that we have to have an agreement about. There's some things I didn't do in my house. There's some things we're not going to do here. And that's the truth. And I mean that. But I don't have to be ugly about it. We can come to an agreement, be big boys and big girls, and and, and move forward together. So let's be clear about that. Number four, I got to move on. Number four, right? Go knowing it will be dangerous and uncomfortable. Jesus said it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy to reach people. It's not going to be easy to get everybody on the same page. Here's what he said in verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of, of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. In other words, it's not going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be difficult. Going, you're going to run into challenges when you do this. When you, try to, when you try to do certain things, he wants them to be clear. It's not going to be easy. So don't be surprised when things happen. Right now, we're facing a challenge. Understand that. That's part of the journey. Number five, watch this go knowing you will be speechless sometimes you won't know what to say here's what he said in verse 19 but when they deliver you up do not worry about how or what you should speak for it will be given to you in that in that, that hour when you what you should speak for it is not for you watch this now, For it's not you who speak but the spirit of your father who speaks in you God to give you the words there are times i don't know what to say There are times people bring me problems and I'm praying while they're talking to me because I'm going, wow, you're kidding. (laughs) There are times I'm facing a challenge. I've got to stand in front of an audience or do something and it's really difficult. And there are times in life when you're going to be cornered, persecuted, and you won't know what to say. You've been falsely accused. He says God will be with you in those moments. So just go knowing that. I want you to be clear in your mind that these are the moments you will face. That's what I want you to see. I want you to be clear in your mind. This is the kind. These are the kinds of circumstances you'll deal with. Number six in our list. Watch this now. Go knowing there will be family betrayal. Matthew 10, verse 19. Watch this. Now a brother will deliver a brother to death and a father his child and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death and you will be hated by all For my name's sake, but he who endures to the end will be saved. In other words, it's going to be difficult. Sometimes family's not going to work out. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. You try, but this brother's not going to be your close friend. I don't know why. I can't explain it all. But that's part of the journey. He says, I want you to understand that. Then watch this now. Then he says, the last thing, he says, Go knowing there will be times when you must run. Matthew chapter 10, verse 23. Now, I love this because he gives this strong advice that there are times you have to take defensive action, not offensive. You have to run. This is not about fighting back. This is about backing up. This is about getting away. This is about doing something to protect yourself. Listen to what he said in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 10. When they persecute you in the city, flee, run to another. For surely I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. There will be times when you're persecuted, and so you need to learn to run. Now, you know, sometimes Christians get this thing wrong. They think, I ain't running from nothing. Nothing. I'm not running. I'm not going to be a runner. I'm going to stand and fight. Well, the Bible says you need to count the cost and see whether you can win or not. I remember one time I was working in the grocery store. And I was bagging groceries, and um, something happened where some people in the store they got into it, and the guy ran home and got his family, and they came back to the grocery store. And I was bagging groceries, and I was looking. Oh boy! And I told we had one police officer who was in the store, and um, I said, "Ooh, look! That's that guy. He's coming back with about ten, twenty, is a bunch of family. Like there's a bunch of family members," and I, I remember they were all coming. Toward the store, and I was looking out the window, and I told the officer, and the officer got on the radio, and uh, I said, "Hey, officer, they they coming for him? He's right there. He's boy." And so the officer was, get, he got his radio, what at him twelve, but I don't know what he said. Something, you know, help, help now. <laughs> and so whatever he said, but I remember what he said to me. I never will forget it. I never. Will forget it officer said to me, I said, what should he do? I did. I said, officer, what should he do? He said, if I was him, I'd run. <laughs> he did. He said, if I was him, if I was him, I would run. I would not stand out there in front of this store away for those 20 people. He said, I'd run. So he went out there and he intervened and stopped it from being awful. But I'm telling you, that was the moment I never forget. Sometimes you need you need to back up. <laughs> you need to say, this is not going well. And I need to do something about this problem myself. And sometimes it's, it's running away. It's running. It's pausing. It's saying, okay, you know, this is not going well. All right, enough of that. So hope you got it. All right. Now watch what he says. So first of all, knowing that there are times when you have to do something. Because there's going to be persecution. And there'll be, I love this. He says, there'll be not only persecution, but there'll be name calling. A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant, verse 24, above his master. It is, it, is, it is enough for a disciple that he is like his teacher and a servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house, Beelzebub, which means devil, they call him, it's a horrible name. Beelzebub, Lord of the flies, Lord of the, Lord of the, the, the demons. It, it was a horrible way to describe somebody. How much more will they call those of, this, of his household? Therefore, do not fear them. They're gonna call you names. They're gonna, they're gonna get you wrong. That's part of your journey. And if you understand that, you just go, okay, they call me a name. They wrote something online about me. It's part of the journey. Then he says this, you'll be tempted to fear physical danger. You're going to be tempted to be afraid. So watch what he says. Go knowing there will be times when you must run, times when you'll be persecuted, times when you will um, be called names, times when you will be facing physical danger. Look at verse 27. Whenever I tell you in the dark, whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what, what you hear in the ear, preach on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Strong words. You may not like that term hell, but that's what he says. He says, listen, you don't need to just be afraid of people. And there's something about balance here that's important. You don't need to be afraid of people. You don't need to walk around in fear. There are times you back up. There are times you back up to fight another day. There are times when it's smart to run, get out of the way. There there, there are times when you have to do something to protect you. Because everybody else may not be protecting themselves. But you've got to do something to protect you. Because that brings me to my last and final point here in this part of the Bible. Remember, you are valuable. Remember that. You're valuable. And when you face moments when it's difficult. Remember, he said in verse 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a copper coin, and one of them falls to the ground apart from your Father's will? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Hey, Jesus has this conversation with the disciples that's phenomenal in Matthew 10. Now I whipped through that pretty fast, but I wanted to say it to you to show you how specific he was. There's nothing like being clear. So when something happens, you are persecuted, somebody calls you a name, something happens, somebody says, I don't like them online, so what? Shake the dust off your feet and move on. Don't spend your life worrying about stuff that you don't control. There are moments when you have to back up because it doesn't work. This job didn't work, you gotta get another job. It doesn't work, okay, okay, okay. They they call Jesus' name, they'll call you names. Things will happen. And and if he takes care of the sparrows, right? He'll take care of you. He counts the very hairs on your head. He knows. He can tell you how many hairs on your head. There's something about being confident that God knows. Now I want to close with something that's personal for a minute. I want to just give you what I call five things that I am clear about in my personal life. Okay, these are things I'm clear about. You ready? I'm clear about these things. Now, I don't know what your clear list, hopefully at the end of this, you will get your clear list together. But let me give you mine, you ready? Number one, things can change without much notice. That's the first thing I'm clear about. Things can change without much notice. I'm lear- I've learned that one. <laughs> Man, am I clear. I am so clear that I can wake up one day and it's all different. Number two, people are not always as mature as I thought they were. They're not. Sometimes I thought they were really mature. And some of you discovered this in intimate relationships, as long as you were kissing and hugging and smooching, they were fine. As long as you were take, going out on dates and spending your money and traveling, you are fine. But when you start talking about responsibility, picking up behind yourself, cleaning up, uh, washing clothes, paying bills, having a conversation, then you start discovering, ah, boy, that's, a, that's, that's another level for them. Third thing I've learned, I'm clear about. Changing the models, this is important, changing the models I live by can greatly improve the quality of my life. Changing the models I live by. Now, I'm gonna come back later on and talk about this in the next week or so. And I want you to listen carefully because that's the word models. That's the word I wanna focus on down the road here. The models we follow don't always work. And we're finding that in church. We're finding that in business. We're finding that in our society. Some industries are gone forever. I mean, horses are not a big deal like they used to be back in the 1800s. I mean, it's just not. I mean, riding a horse was a big deal back then because, you know, I got me a horse, got me wide and got spots on it. That was a big deal, but not now. Not now, where can you put them? It's totally different. Industries are changing. Jobs are changing. Careers are changing. Well, a friend told me something that was fascinating. He said, you know, Rick, people that are like, four or five, preschool age now, 80% of their jobs aren't even created yet. I thought that was amazing. He said a large percentage of new jobs were created since 2007, the iPhone, the iPad, I mean, the the whole tech industry has exploded. Our capacity to reach people has been greatly impacted by the digital world. That, my friend, is a real truth. So watch this, number four, I'm gonna move on. Everybody cannot think certain thoughts, so they will never make certain changes. I've learned that one too. I can't even have certain conversations with certain people, so I, I'm just wasting my time. Everybody, everybody cannot think certain thoughts. They just can't. They can't they can't think about entrepreneurship. There are a lot of preachers, you are having a hard time with this whole digital stuff. You're having a hard time with all of this. Online giving, online services, preaching in the room by yourself. You're having a hard time because you want, you just, you got, you got, you have in your mind one way and, and it's hard for you to think of new thoughts. So the question is, will you be left behind? The question is, will your whole church be left behind? Will your whole community, will you lose everything because you cannot change your business model? The model you're following, you cannot think these thoughts. You can't delegate to people. You can't let somebody help you. You can't. And some of you painfully, you're watching people you love go through this. And it's hard to watch here's the last one ready i must learn here i'm clear about this i must learn to manage boredom and embrace my personal life alone sometimes i must learn how to manage boredom you know success is boring uh it is sometimes you get up and it's just you getting up and making it happen it's just you getting out of the bed and saying okay whoo man The first step is the best step. That's what I tell myself many mornings. Temple, come on now. The first step is the best step. Get up. First step is the best step. Let's get get going, sir. I try to lay out everything the night before. I try to give myself an opportunity because I realize boredom can be a problem. But you cannot be successful successful without being bored. Nobody's going to entertain you all your life. Nobody's going to always come and cuddle you and make you feel good. You're not going to find any joy in having somebody always excite you. Life is boring. Parenting is boring. Preaching is boring. Managing money is boring. Sometimes it's not always exciting. And so please tell yourself it's okay to not know what to do. Next week, we're going to take a turn. I can't wait to talk to you about my next sermon. It's going to be great. I'm going to talk to you about where shall we go from here. I want to show you what I believe is prophetically important in the future, there are some things that I've seen. Some places we've been, I'll talk about that. I'll talk about where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. If you remember the church, you really want to hear my, my next sermon, because i got some really important things to say over the next few weeks. And I really am excited about what I believe uh, God, God has helped me see. Now, I am not sure about some things. You'll hear me say that. I am not sure about everything, but I do have some suspicions, and I'll share those with you next week and over the next few weeks. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this time together with those who've heard the word. I pray it's been a blessing to them and an inspiration. May they leave this moment with an open heart and a transformed spirit. I pray in Jesus name, amen. Well, I pray you were blessed by today's message and I pray that you thought about what we said. Sometimes in life you can have a dream, but if you're not careful, your priority is to be off and you'll end up in a misguided place. And you can see that when you look at your results. These are the things you said you were trying to accomplish, but it's not what's happened in your life. Your marriage is not where you thought it would be. Your kids are not where you thought they would be. You're not where you thought you would be. And we can all relate to that. I'm always looking at my priorities to see every day I'm on track. So let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who've heard this message. May it inspire them to grow and to focus their mind and their heart. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, it's been great being with you. It's been wonderful to have you in our life and to share this word with you. Link and send it to a friend if it's something that you think would help somebody in your life. And I want to thank you again for the opportunity. You be blessed. I'll see you next time right here on demand. Have a great day.